Move. Everybody get up and start moving. No? Okay, not me. We're not going to do that today. All right, well, welcome. Welcome. Good morning. We're glad that you're here. If you're just joining us, we're in a series that is based off of uh, Gary Thomas's book called Sacred Pathways. It, th- to put it in short, all of us are created differently. Would you agree with that? Look around you. Anybody look alike? No. No. And, and we're, we're created differently. We're made differently. And the idea behind this is Gary Thomas is saying there are different pathways to connect to God. Today, we're going to be looking at what's called the naturalist pathway or that you connect through with God through creation in this. But before I even get into the part of the message in this, I want to give you a couple of principles to be thinking about as you go through this series. And really, it's about your relationship with God, but it can also be attached to your relationship with pretty much anybody and everybody, okay? If you have your bulletins, you can write this down uh, as far as in your sermon notes or something, but this is just something for you to hold on to as you go through not only this series, but life in general. We feel it's important to connect with God on a daily basis, not just here and now. How many of you in here are married or have a significant other or whatever? Okay, now let me just put this in front of you. If you only saw or spoke to that person, let's say once a week, How close would your relationship be? Now, see, guys, you're in trouble if you're only speaking. My brother would prefer that. Your brother would prefer it. Okay. We're not going there, though. But but for for this, you need to be connecting on a daily basis to be close and, and to be intimate with God. It's the same thing. It needs to be daily. But here's what I want you to think about as we get into today. Two life principles. One. What you think about God will shape your whole relationship with Him. What your thoughts are about God will shape your relationship with Him. And number two, what you believe God thinks about you will determine how close you will grow toward Him. See, a lot of times our thoughts about what we think God thinks about us will shape whether or not we grow close to him. Do those two things make sense? Now, I hope you understand the same thing happens in your relationship with other people. What you think another person thinks about you will shape how close you'll actually get to him. So there's a whole lot of people that think God doesn't care about them. God doesn't love them. God thinks this way about me. How many of you have had times in your life that haven't been the best, that you haven't said all the right things, that you've done things that you know are wrong, and so you think for some reason God's kind of taking his hands off of you. Do you see how that will shape how close you will draw toward him? So as you hold on to that, many of us, I think, have a picture or impression of God that we picked up from the past. If you're here today and you think God is some kind of an overzealous cop, you'll always be walking on eggshells when it comes to your relationship with him. If you see him as an angry judge, you're always going to feel guilty. Because how many of you in here are perfect? Oh, one. Okay, awesome. We'll take that. If we think that God is like us, we'll just kind of be casual about the sin that's in our life and things. So, but are any of those perceptions about God or all of them actually accurate? Misconceptions about God will create a barrier in your relationship with Him, just as it does 
with any relationship that you have in life. How you see someone, including God, will make all the difference in the world when it comes to connecting with him daily. I want you to think about it. God created you for closeness, for love, for friendship. Today, is that the way you would describe your relationship with him? If not, that's his desire. So how do we get there? Why have we become distant? Your answers will tell you a lot about how you see God. That's why it's important to connect daily. And our pathway today will allow us to do just that. We're looking at the naturalists. And here, here are people. How many of you love like camping and being outdoors? Woo! We got a woo! Can I get an amen? Okay, there's a few of you out there who are like that. See, some people, just, just when they get outdoors and get into creation, they feel connected with God. They feel good about being out there. They like being outside. They find a way to connect through creation. In Greek mythology, there was a character named Antaeus. And with Antaeus, uh, he could not be defeated in wrestling because every time that he touched the earth... He was renewed in his strength and revitalized. And I think that's, for people on the naturalist pathway, that's the way they are. That you've been in an office or you've been working or you've been inside or something like that and you just get outside and you feel renewed and refreshed. Anybody like that? Because if you're here and you're like that, then you're probably going to connect with God on this pathway. I'm not that kind of person. To me, camping is a hotel room. See? No bugs, no, no, no snakes, no, just, just give me, see, I see people shaking their heads. I'm not alone. I'm not just a person in, on the naturalist pathway. That's not, I like going on hikes, but I've been told to take a hike a few times. It's not that exciting, but I like going hiking because usually it's, it's my wife and I, but I don't notice all the things in creation because you know what I do when I go on a hike? I'm making sure that I don't, you know, trip over something. Anybody like that? The roots that come out in the past, you with me? See, I mean, those are the kind. So I don't even notice a lot of the things around me except my wife, which is wonderful. But connecting with God through that, I'm not like that. Now, I do like to play golf, but I, but I don't see golf as a way of connecting with God. But it does work for some other people because I hear his name being shouted all over the course. So I know they're using golf as a connecting point. But here's the deal. Here's the deal today. Just because I'm not naturally a naturalist doesn't mean that I couldn't be. And, and just because somebody else is a naturalist and you're not, don't look down on them like they, they can't connect with God that way. That doesn't work just because it doesn't work for you. But it also opens the door, I think, for me that I can learn how to connect with God in the outdoors and in creation because I believe this pathway is the one that God has given for everyone. Even if none of the other pathways that he mentions in this book exist, this one, I think, would. And today, what I want to do is I want to give you a couple of ways. I want to give you kind of a warning, a thing that keeps us from experiencing that, I think, in today's culture, and a couple of things to help you awaken to the naturalist pathway. Is that cool? Is that fair? All right. First thing we do, uh, 
I think one of the biggest reasons that causes us from missing out on this pathway is a term that's actually in the Encyclopedia Britannica. And some of you, maybe some of you who are younger, have probably used and heard this term. Some of us a little bit older, it's new. It's the word FOMO. Everybody say FOMO. FOMO. No, you can say it louder. Everybody say FOMO. FOMO. FOMO means fear of missing out. And the idea is that this thing, this phone, that, that many people, if they left the house and realized they left their phone, what would they do? They would go back and get it again. Yes, I'm going to toss it. Um, but they would go back and they would get the phone. Why? Because when you're out and about, how many times have you seen people check their phone? And they're not looking at their Bible app. Trust me. But, they're, but, they're, but they're, they're checking their phone. Every time a phone dings, rings, spews, whatever it does, most people will reach for this because this is what they're present with day in and day out. This is what I have to have. Well, if this is what my focus is on, how can I see what's going on around me? And, and I, I, I know you've seen this at restaurants. You go to a restaurant, there's four people sitting around the table, and what's everybody doing? And, see, and everybody's checking. They're not even present with the person that they're with. And if I were to sit here and have a conversation with you, and we were talking and my phone went off, and I went, excuse me, and I started checking it, why am I checking it? Because I believe there's something else going on somewhere that I'm missing out on. But guess what? I'm missing out on the conversation I'm having with the person who's right in front of me. A lot of times when we get out in creation, the same thing happens with God. We've got the sky. We've got the, the moon, the stars, all of this that God has created all around us. And, and we're looking head down on our phone, on our apps. And, and, and there's just a fear of missing out. The way that it's actually defined is this. It's an anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media websites. Fear of missing out. And I'm just telling you today, in our culture, I think this is one of the major ones. So what do we do? How do we do this? How do we get locked in? to not missing out on what God has created and awaken ourselves to the spiritual pathway. I, let, me get, let me give you this one. I think there are two things. Margaret Ruth Miles said this, nothing prevents us from experiencing this universally miraculous character of the creation except our failure to order our affections rightly and to use our senses. I think in that one little statement, she's saying, Two things. We need an awakening of our spirit toward God, and we need an awakening of our senses to that which He has created. First of all, awakening of our senses or of our spirit toward God. What does that even mean? That even means I can go out camping, I can go out and be in nature, I can go out and do all those things, and God not even have a piece of any of it. I cannot even think intentionally about connecting with him while I'm out there if I'm not careful. I could see the sky, but not think about the grandeur of God, the beauty of God, the mass, you know, everything about God while I'm looking at it. We need to be awakened to the creator 
just as much as an awakening to the creation. And, and Martin Luther said this. I, I think this is profound. Now, if I believe in God's Son and bear in mind that He became man, all creatures will appear a hundred times more beautiful before, to me than before. Then I will properly appreciate the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, apples, pears, as I reflect that He is Lord over and the center of all things. See, I think that's powerful. In other words, what he's saying is if I want to have a proper appreciation of creation, maybe I should have a proper appreciation of the creator. And maybe if I don't appreciate creation, do I really appreciate the creator behind it? We need to be awakened in our spirit as we go out and about to the realness of God as creator of all things. So the first thing is, is to seek a spiritual awakening, looking at the creator behind creation. Because Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And that glory shines out in the spectacular and the small. You can see the hand of God in all of it. If you will be present where you are. This has a habit of keeping us from being present where we are and with who we're with. And I just want to encourage you, first of all, to really understand and appreciate the creation. We have to understand and appreciate the Creator. And that begins by being a child of God through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, being out and about and recognizing these things within that. Does that make sense? Everybody? Okay, two. Let's do an awakening of the senses. I think that's the, that's the part that a lot of times we miss too. And what I mean is that we're becoming numb to the things around us. That we can come out and some beautiful things could be going on around us and we're just, we're just numb to it or blind to it. We need to awaken our, the eyes of our heart to the things that are going on around us. Many, many people, I want you to think about this. Many people can go an entire day without actually looking up at the sky. Have you ever thought about that? Think about your day from start to finish. What do most people do when they get up in the morning besides go to the bathroom? What do they run to first? <laughs> My phone's been on the charger all night because it's dead, and I need to see if I got any messages while I was asleep. And I got to see what's going on. I got to see what the weather's going to be. I got to see, hey, you know, being from southern Indiana, you know one of the best ways to find out what the weather is? Just get up in the morning and go look outside. Look up at the sky because here's the thing, and if you're in here and you're a meteorologist, I'm sorry. You have got one of the hardest jobs in the world because Indiana weather, if you don't like what it is right now, what do we say? It'll yeah, it'll be different here in a little while. Just wait a minute. It'll, it'll change. You want to know what the weather is? Look up at the sky. And as you look up at the sky, give thanks to God that we have it. Connect with Him through this. From the time we, we wake up, a lot of times our senses are only captivated by phones, laptops, television, media, things like that. And man, there's some awesome things going on around us and we just kind of miss it. And we don't see it. 
Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Do you understand what that verse is saying? That verse is saying is that if you wanted to know God, if you wanted to connect with God, one of the ways that he has laid out here to show that he is who he is, is by what he's made. Simply by what he has created, by looking around, it gives reference to God is really God. And he is true. And he's here. And he made it all. It says, His invisible qualities, eternal and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. We're without excuse. Simply by what he has. That's why I think the naturalist pathway was the one given for everybody. Now, I know we still come through Jesus Christ to God. But if somebody says, I don't believe there's a God... I, I, read, I read something that just blows my mind. There was a book called Darwin's Black Box. It's by a, a guy named Behe. He's not a believer in, in Jesus or God, but, but he is like an organic chemist, bio, bio whatever. He's got, he's got like a title that long by his name. But he explains in that book that bacterial flagellum, just bacteria that runs through your body, has a little rotor on the back to help it move throughout the body, there are over 40 different working parts within that little rotor to help him swim. You can't look at that and say there's not a God. It's amazing. And he's saying this is just a little bacteria. And so we look at that and he just says, look, all you have to do is look at it. Common sense will tell you this doesn't just happen the way that you might think it happens. That there, And he will say, I don't believe in a God, but I'll, I believe in a, a universal designer. Cool. That's the first step in getting to God. Do you understand that? An acknowledgement that there's something greater in this. So I, I just keep praying for him. But here's what I want you to do in those things. First, I want you to start considering the immensity of creation, the mountains, the skies, the oceans. It portrays the, the immensity of power, wisdom, and goodness of God. Look at the diversity of creation. God could have stopped making bugs with the fly. Do you realize that? He could have made that and said, it's good. What is good about a fly? I'm sure there's something, but I, I'm just not there. But no, he moved from the, from the fly to the mosquito. It's summer. I just thought you might be reminded. But here's the thing. The diversity of what God made, he went even farther than that. He didn't leave that. Look at this. This is from a, Imagine a Video in here. Those are all bugs on that hand. Those are bugs that could be all around us all the time that we just, we just don't even pay attention to. That looks like a leaf to me. That looks like, I don't know what that looks like, but, but look at the flower in the background. That's a bug at the end of the finger. Look at how that bug looks like the flower. God is diverse in what he makes. All you have to do is look around this place. God is diverse in how he's made us all. Isn't it, isn't it awesome that you don't look at the person next to you and see the same person? 
Now, I know there are identical twins, and that happens, but... But, but, I'm, but I'm just telling you, even the diversity of God in the bug kingdom, he gave us something that looks like a flower that's beautiful like that. Now, compare a mosquito with that. I'm, I'm good. These are the things, and that's why I said the beauty of creation is something to consider too. It can't be revealed through one form. It's vast. It's infinite. It can fill an entire world with wonder. And Nehemiah 9.6 says this, You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all the starry host, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You gave life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. See, that's how I want to connect with God. That's that's an acknowledgement of His power, His beauty, His majesty, His creativeness. But, But some people are scared to, to go there and acknowledge that. And they get on a pathway that's called pantheism. How many of you have heard of pantheism? Pantheism uh, is the worship of nature itself. And I want to tell you today, it is not true that God is in all of nature. It is not true that nature itself is God, which is where pantheism goes. But when I am surrounded by creation, creation tells me that God is. Does that make sense? See, Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Notice what the psalmist said. It says the earth is the Lord's. Pantheism said the earth is Lord. And that's different. See, God owns it, created it, made it, it's his, but he's not the tree. He made the tree, but he's not the tree. But because of the tree, I know that he is. How's that for a mouthful? See, I mean, that's the kind of thing that we're looking at. We know that he is. Gary Thomas contrasted pantheism and truly worshiping God through creation with an analogy, and I hope this makes sense, of a mother missing a child. How many of you have had children go off to college? Anybody? How many of you want your children to go off to college? (laughs) Okay. But but here's, here's the way he put it. It's an analogy of a mother missing a child who recently left for college. The mother walks into her daughter's room, taking time to appreciate all that her daughter has left behind. She appreciates the scent that she left behind. And I got to thinking, (laughs) notice they put girl, not boy. (laughs) Her eyes linger on the posters that she left, the bed, the few clothes that are scattered around her. She feels her daughter isn't in the room, but the room reminds her of who her daughter is. See? Her She feels closer to her daughter there than she does any other part of the house. A part of her daughter has been left behind, not materially, but evidentially, in how her daughter arranged the furniture, decorated the walls, and so on. And what I'm saying today, it's the same for a lover of God. For for you, God isn't materially in nature, but his creativity, his detail, his orderliness, diversity, and magnitude is evident in all that he's made. That's why we need the Holy Spirit's guidance 
through this so we don't fall into heresy, but we learn to appreciate the trueness of God. We learn to appreciate that he is, his, he's left this behind. It's evident that he's, he's here. Now we just need his presence. So we got his essence. Now we need his presence to connect with him. That's the idea. God is the object of our worship, not the tree. But because of the tree, we know that God is. In Jesus' day, being outdoors was much more a part of life than, than ours today. And people spent most of their time there. But if creation is your pathway and you want to see God more clearly, I just want to encourage you to do one thing this week. Find a scenic spot and just be still. Don't try to fix anything. Don't even, don't, if, 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 how many of you love sunsets? I mean, we have some really nice sunsets this year or sunrises. Just get in a place where you can see it, but don't pull out your phone to take a picture and put it on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat and just say, you know, uh, look at what I saw this morning. No, just be there and be there. Just be still. And I'm getting chills to even think about it because, I mean, there's sometimes I've seen some sunrises and sunsets that just blow your mind. And it's just, God, thank you for that snapshot that you gave me. And I don't need to send it to the million followers that I have. This is just between you and me today. Thank you for that. And just be still and connect with him in a sunrise or a sunset. Or, or if you like, not, whether you take a slow walk in the woods or the mountains, or I, I mean, some people just like to pitch a blanket at night and just stare at the stars. Well, just do that. But don't do it to fix anything. Do it to connect with the Almighty. Be present with Him, and He'll be present with you. See, uh, as I close, yeah, I got to close. Here's a picture. My wife and I went to a place called the Blessing Ranch in Colorado several years ago. And we're down on the Oregon Trail area. And it's about 60-something degrees. And one day, the, the couple who owned the place gave us their Durango, said, we want you to go up through this mountain pass and go here. And I think they said, you're going to end up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or something like that, and just spend the whole day, just spend the whole day out. And we're like, okay, that sounds cool. So we drive up this mountain pass. We go from the 60s and 70 degrees to 30 degrees. But, but look at what we saw. I mean, it's like, how do you even miss this? But I bet it would be easy to. Because you know, one of the things that we did not have, phone signal. So where we were was where we were. And so as we drove up, we saw, I, I, I call them rams, but they call them mountain goats or something. You know, they look too big to be a goat. I've seen goats. But, but it, was just, it was just really beautiful. And we just stopped, and I stood there, and Jenny took that picture. And when you look at it, what captures your attention first? The mountains. Aren't they amazing? Doesn't that just kind of bring the realness of God that he 
could make something like, or that it would look like this, and we'd have the opportunity to see it. Because I'm a southern boy from Indiana. I had never been anywhere. The only time I'd been out of the country was going to Kentucky. And <laughs> no, don't clap, because there's some people in here who are going to kill me when they get back here. My dad's from Kentucky. Family grew up in Kentucky. I love Kentucky. Don't do it. I just don't like UK, okay? Um, I don't bleed blue. Uh, but here's, here's the deal. The first thing you notice is the mountain. Remember what I told you earlier about what you think about what God thinks about you will make a difference in how close you would go to him? Let me ask you this. What do you think God cares most about? The mountain or me? You see, because... Because... Just as the mountain is a part of creation, God's creation, I am too. You are too. And I just, I, and so many times we miss out connecting with God through each other because we simply miss the person that's sitting right next to us because we're FOMO. We're thinking we're missing out on something else, and yet we're missing out on each other and possibly connecting with the Heavenly Father through the person that we're with. And, and I, just want, I just want you to think about this as we go to a time of worshiping and song. We're going to take communion right now because here's the deal. If I ever want to wonder how much God cares about me or what He thinks of me, all I have to do is look at that. Is look at the cross. Other arms spread wide open. That's what you mean to God. And so if you ever wonder where you're at with him, I just encourage you, look at the cross. Because here's what I've been told. That something's worth is only that which someone's willing to pay for it. You might say you've got a, a baseball card collection, because I heard some smack being talked about cardinals and stuff this morning. You might have a baseball card collection and you can say all day long, that's worth $500,000. That is only worth what somebody's willing to give you for it. Do you understand that? Here's who you are in the eyes of God. You are worth the life of his son. So if you ever want to wonder about your relationship with him and what he thinks about you, he loves you. He cares about you. His desire is to be in a daily relationship with you. The question is, will you be present with him? And, to, and right at this time, I, I just thought this was a good time for us to remember his sacrifice. That it's, it's a perfect time to just stop. And as you come up and you, you know, we have four corners uh, to be served here. At this time as the music plays, I just want you to come up and take the bread and take the cup and go back to your seat. And, and as you take the bread, remember the body of Jesus Christ. And then as you take the cup, remember the blood that was shared for you. And just spend some time connecting with him. Not about the next song. Not about whether or not we get out of here on time. Because I'm long-winded. But just, just think about, just focus where you're at. And please don't check your phone if it buzzes while you're going off here. Be here.
Be present. Be with him during this time. Heavenly Father, as we come before your table to remember the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, this is a time for us to recognize the love that you have for us, to understand that our worth, our value, was the cost of your son's life. And we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate with each other. We want to celebrate as your creation here today and connect with you through these simple yet profound and powerful emblems. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins, becoming a child of God through him. We thank you for your spirit who helps to guard us from pantheism, from from worshiping that which is not you. But God, I thank you for all that you've made because through all the people who sit in here, through all the mountains and the sky and the simplest bugs, I know that because of all that, that you are the I am. So thank you, Lord, for your love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org slash messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.